For certain New Orleanians, Memorial Medical Center was the place you went to ride out each hurricane that the loop current of the Gulf of Mexico launched like a pinball at the city. But chances are you wouldn't call it Memorial Medical Center. You'd call it Baptist, its nickname since it had existed as Southern Baptist Hospital. Working a hurricane at 317-bed Baptist meant bringing along kids, parents and grandparents, dogs, cats, and rabbits, and coolers and grocery bags packed with party chips, cheese dip, and muffalettas. You'd probably show up even if you weren't on duty. If you were a doctor and had outpatients who were unwell, you might check them in too, believing Baptist a safer refuge than their homes. Then you'd settle down on a cot or an air mattress, and the hurricane, which always seemed to hit at night, would rage against the hospital and leave. The next day, the sun would rise, and you would help clean up the debris and go home. For nearly 80 years, the steel and concrete hospital, armored in reddish-brown tapestry brick, blazoned with gray stone, and towering over the neighborhood near Claiborne and Napoleon Avenues, had defended those inside it against every capricious punch the Gulf's weather systems had thrown. In 1965, it took the century's worst storm in stride, weathering Hurricane Betsy like a sturdy ship and protecting more than 1,000 people who sheltered inside, its administrator bragged in the hospital newsletter. A year before Katrina, when Hurricane Ivan knocked, Memorial stood ready. As Kathy Green, a nurse in the surgical intensive care unit, told her worried adult daughter when Katrina threatened, If I'm in trouble at Baptist Hospital, if Baptist Hospital fails, it means the entire city would be destroyed. Utter faith in the hospital traced back to its founding. I have an optimism that is almost explosive, the president of the Southern Baptist Hospital Commission Board of Directors wrote in a letter to the hospital's superintendent in February 1926, less than a month before a simple luncheon in the basement cafeteria and a dedication in the chapel marked the hospital's opening. In my humble opinion, we have begun at New Orleans what is destined to be the greatest hospital in all the Southland. The property of the $2 million hospital stretched for two city blocks. Breathless news of its opening, with accompanying ads, occupied nearly three full pages of the Sunday, March 14, 1926, New Orleans Item Tribune. The newspaper profiled the superintendent of the magnificent hospital, 50-year-old Dr. Louis J. Bristow, and filled several column inches with a list of more than 50 of the items Bristow had carefully selected for it, from electrocardiographs to potato peelers. The hospital, its potential patrons learned, had the appearance of a modern hotel or private home, providing a general atmosphere of cheerfulness found wanting in New Orleans' older hospitals. Nearly an entire page was given over to a tour that described such minute details as the lighting system that produced ample illumination without glare, the steam-heated blanket warmers on each floor, and the dainty electric reading lamp perched on each bedside table, gracing the hospital's private bedrooms. Ice is frozen in cubes on each floor in sufficient quantities to supply all patients, one article trilled. 
The stories, which read more like press releases or ad copy than news, may well have been penned by Superintendent Bristow himself, or perhaps his daughter Gwen, a writer. The new institution stands unsurpassed among the hospitals of the South in point of modern conveniences. The age of electrical invention afforded a comfortable convalescence as doctors applied new technologies to their increasingly science-based practices. Suppliers of newfangled appliances filled the item tribune with advertisements celebrating their affiliation with Southern Baptist. The Acme X-Ray Sales Company had equipped the hospital with a precision-type coronalis Rentgen apparatus, internationally recognized as the foremost X-ray machine. Barnes Electric Construction Company Limited of Gravier Street, which had laid the hospital's electrical and phone wiring, had also installed a call system incorporating musical gongs and silent luminescent indicators. All operating rooms had been equipped with compressed air and vacuum attachments. The hospital's design included ventilation methods productive of coolness in the summer to shield patients from the southern heat. New Orleans Public Service Incorporated, NOPSI, a newly consolidated utility company, purchased a nearly full-page advertisement announcing it had installed Frigidaire electric refrigerators on every floor of Baptist. If the hospital must have the protection of frigid air, surely the home, the store, and the restaurant should have it. To a city where many homes still had ice boxes, the refrigerator's low, even temperatures were described as a form of health insurance, preventing food spoilage and the incipient development of germ life. Baptist had its own power plant. A smokestack rose seven stories above it, Workers prepared to feed the hospital's furnaces 20,000 gallons of oil per week. 